right center. That ball is gone. It's a monument park. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the 39th episode of the Monument Bark Podcast. We have arrived. The Bark is back for its third season, and we are so excited to get rolling. The New York Yankees are going to be very interesting this year, and we love to talk about them. So here we are. Luke, how have you been? And can you imagine we have been watching Yankee baseball for 15 plus years? I'm doing well. It's always good when the season rolls around. Just feels like having baseball on every day is kind of the best time of year for sports. And yeah, I mean, we're going into probably our 15th year watching the Yankees. And now Derek, Derek Jesus protege is starting at shortstop. So it's kind of a full circle moment for both of us. And yeah, I'm excited for it to get started. Yeah. I mean, this is really the first time where something like kind of hit close to home. You know, I saw Anthony Volpe play in high school against my high school. He hit a grand slam off one of my best friends in high school. And, you know, that's three, four years ago. And here he is starting at shortstop for the New York Yankees. It's like things that you can't really make up. Like if you told me I was standing there right there, that kid would be the starting shortstop for the Yankees my sophomore year of college. I, I just would have told you you were kind of crazy because, you know, it's it's so hard to get to the big leagues. And I know he was a top prospect and whatnot, but a lot can happen in the minor leagues. And here we are. Here we are. So we'll talk more about. Uh, Volpe a little later, but you know the Yankees are coming into this season. You know, offensively looking looking solid, looking solid. But the pitching, man, the pitching is thin. <laughs> and when we got Carlos Rodon in the off season, we're talking about how he had the deepest rotation in baseball. And like we've got Clark Schmidt not even in the starting, you know, five, like. So now he's forced into the number two spot, three spot. He's starting game two um, in the Giants series. But if you look at a rotation right now, it's Cole, Schmidt, Herman, Nestor, and Johnny Burrito. So that's just terrible. But the beauty of this is Carlos Rodon's looking into maybe an early May return. So that's early May, late April. That's that's cool. Okay, like we'll get him back. It's just a little concerning because he's had injuries before. And, you know, you got to look at everyone's injury resume. Injuries don't really go away. If you get injured a lot, you're going to be on the shelf. You know, Rodon's been injured on the White Sox. He had a dead arm when he was on the Giants. And then here we are with another injury. Luis Severino. I mean, could this guy pitch a full season if he tried it's his contract here and he's got a lot problem okay he's on the shelf frankie montas what has he done for us nothing and he's probably not going to do a whole lot for us this year and that's going to go down as one of the worst trades that we've ever made we've got you know two starters that we can really rely on and that stinks so i'm really hoping that we can kind of play you know 550 600 baseball so by the time we get our reinforcements back, we're in a good spot in the division. What do you what do you think? I I'm not worried about Rodon, honestly. I mean, knock on wood, but I the quotes he said right when he got hurt was it was just like nothing serious. He would have been pitching if it was a pennant race, he would have been pitching if it was the playoffs. And it sounded just like he did the smart thing that we've been asking our players to do for years, where mm. you speak before it becomes a thing. And then, okay, you take a couple days off, you ramp up a little extra. He's missing probably two or three starts. Like, he's already throwing high, high-velocity bullpens. So, I'm not worried about him. Severino, I mean, I don't – I, you know, I'm not – I don't even – I wouldn't be shocked if he just, like, doesn't pitch. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, he's – it's just the same thing over and over and over again. Yep. There's no way to predict how this is going to work. My honest hope is that we have Cole, Rodon, Nestor at the top and then trade for a guy. Someone steps up. I could, I'm, I'm pretty high on Herman from a performance standpoint, mm-hmm. to be honest. I don't think like he's, he, he's going to have a couple not good ones, but throughout the year, I'm not too worried about having him as like the four or five. 
it'd be nice if we could get a four and then push him to five. That would be yeah. the ideal thing. Yeah. But it will be. I've been a Clark Schmick. I just love the SEC. I love college sports. I'm just an SEC person when it comes to, like, I believe in the talent difference and all that. And it'll be good to see him get some run because he's had kind of similar to Andy Duhar when he was coming back where it was, like, little – opportunities here then it'd be stopped for like a month and then another little stretch like you can't really develop a guy like that or give him a fair shot per se and i think that we could see him develop into a like four and i wouldn't be shocked either so yeah i think it may be kind of a blessing in disguise from rodon's perspective get him a little extra rest to start the year get get schmidt a couple starts but yeah the sevy thing's a disaster I don't really Montas. I could see them trying to bring him back as a reliever at the end, like they did with Sevy, like not the year before last year. Yep. Because what's he going to come back in August after not pitching? I don't know. We'll see where the team's at. And yeah, also the bullpen yeah. hurt, banged up Lou Trevino and Canley. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of injuries. Like I don't know. To go on Severino, he's just a guy that like. He'll get hurt and then try to come back and then re-injure himself. Like, how many times within the last two years did he get hurt in a rehab start? I feel like it happened more than once. Luis Severino is in his contract here, though. After this year, he doesn't have to be a Yankee. So the Yankees could hypothetically maybe make his process to getting back on the field a little little faster. it's probably not smart, but who cares, right? Like he's not gonna be it's like it's like a running back in a contract here. You just run him to the ground. Like, let's go. Like he's gotta come back healthy so that he can help you win, but we shouldn't have give him as much of a leash like we did last year. Cause like, I mean, just on and on and on. Like he had a new injury in a rehab game. Like, how do you do that? So I think they're just going to be a little less careful with him than they have in the past because he's just not under control next year. I actually, I was thinking that he may know it's his contract year, know he has to get paid, and that's why he spoke up early Yeah, this time. It's fair. So I think that could be another thing where he's going to let him know about mm-hmm. every single injury because he's trying to get as much healthy baseball in him. Even if he's not, like, doesn't pitch all year, but he pitches great when he pitches. That's still enough leverage to get him another life-changing contract yeah. playing Major League Baseball. So sure. it's one of those things where I think he, his agent, his people are, might be in his ear like, all right, if you feel anything, just stop yeah, and rehab it and try and get back. He's one of those where until I see him take the mound in a playoff game, I'm not going to trust that he's going to be there when the playoffs happen. Yeah, he – you know, he's already he's got such his, a mess. Yeah. yeah. Like, and he already got his first contract, you know, seeing like Noah Syndergaard get like, he got like 10 million last year, 10, 12 million. Like you come back and like show that you can still do it. You're going to get paid in the tens. That's like, no, he just wants, he's going to get a lot of money. I think a, like a lot, but like he's going to get more than J-Mo did to, with, with the Cubs deal. But he just has to like, the thing is J-Mo, like he's already had his arm trouble and he's been healthy. Severino, you know, he's had his arm trouble, but he hasn't – Severino had Tommy John, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's okay. had everything. Because J-Mo had imagine. Tommy John not once but twice. twice. So, yeah. yeah. So you don't have to worry about a guy like that. But Severino, you know, if he pitches a full season, he's going to get like 17 to 20 a year. Yeah, I was going to um, say. Ugh, so, dude, Tyone got four for 68. Four for that's 68s. Yeah, I mean, that's – um see we're doing a podcast we're not doing 17 yeah 17 yeah Um, so i don't i don't know if the injury it depends how much he pitches this year but quality pitching is valuable someone yeah and who knows maybe he'll just get another one-year deal next year if he doesn't pitch the whole season and maybe back on the yankees um we'll see you brought up the bullpen so the bullpen's interesting lou trevino he was fine last year you know Brought him in the playoffs. He was all right. Like he had, you know, a couple. He he was up and down. Like he wasn't 
he was just, he's just pretty mediocre. Yeah, he's just yeah. Mediocre. He, he's just a guy that like you use up your top guys and you can just throw him in the seventh inning and you know cross your fingers and seventy percent of the time he'll be all right. Um, so he he's on the shelf, uh, probably coming back soon. Same thing with Canley. Canley's been ramping it up a little bit. Tommy Canley, happy he's back on the Yankees. He brings kind of a different, um, you know, source of confidence on the mound. And I think, like, he having him just among, like, we talked about on the last episode, which was freaking two months ago, three months ago, whatever it was, that like having him in the locker room, in the clubhouse, in the bullpen is going to help out Marinaccio. I really do think that Marinaccio is going to be just as good as he was last year because I think he kind of took that leap in the minor leagues they sent them down when they shouldn't have, you know, yeah. which makes no sense. But now he's got a, a definitive solidified role in the bullpen. I think our bullpen's great. I think we've got one of the best bullpens, bullpens in baseball. But the problem with bullpens and postseason baseball is if – and we saw this last year. If it's hurt, you're screwed. Like, okay, like, like think about it. We pitched Wandy Peralta in every single playoff game that we were in like we could have killed the guy like because he's got to pitch three batters so you have to get yourself in a position where you know you're healthy going in going into october so i think you know just stacking the bullpen with you know guys that you know that can contribute the canelys and the um you know wandies marinaccio now we've got mike king we've got loisega we've got holmes we don't really have that that closer, but at least we're not going into the season with the role as Chapman where we got to, you know, sit down on a May afternoon and, and start gnawing on our fingernails because the role as Chapman's in the game. And and we have no idea what we're going to get just absolute box of chocolates. Um, so I love everything up until the closer role. I am confident in clay Holmes. I think he will rack up 25 to 30 saves. It's just a consistent consistency thing because last year he lost it. He just lost it after looking like the most dominant reliever in baseball. He just lost it. So you also need guys. And Luke told me before the episode, like a guy like Loisaga that can step into the role and and do a good job. Like he'll probably get five ten saves. And having Michael King back. I mean, Luke, talk about Michael King because he's just he's something else. Yeah, honestly, when I look at the bullpen, I think Clay Holmes is our third best pitcher because I think Mike King is gross. I think Jonathan Wise is best pitcher gross. in the AL East. <laughs> well, he's not, but he's very, very good. Um, no, yeah, I I like Mike King kind of in the more like four to five outs mm-hmm. role that he he's like we've we've been comfortable with him stretching out, pitching more than three outs um on a lot of occasions with a lot of his outings. And then yeah, Loisica when he's right is like he's un- unbelievable. Maybe the most disgusting so, reliever in baseball. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly look at Clay Holmes as similar to how I have Aroldis Chapman in the past, where it's like you read and he's a ticking bomb. You never really know when it's going to give out, and if they find kind of a medium with him that they weren't able to find with Chapman, then who knows? But I also I struggle with players in baseball where it's like they were bad for a while. And then they just magically become good. Like I never really believed that it's gonna stay. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if Clay Holmes kind of fades out of the back end of our bullpen. And I'd yeah. be a lot more comfortable if we had F Ross too. That would be good. That Dude, would th- that like, bullpen. If we had him and it's like oh my God. we have Holmes, the Wiseger King, F Ross, and Marinaccio, I could be like, okay, Clay Holmes could disappear and I would still be fine. Because I, you're right on Marinacci. I think he's going to be really, really good, and I think we're very good at developing bullpen pitching. Yeah, whether it's one of these guys we brought up, or whether it's Weissert or whoever coming up soon, I don't doubt that we can find bullpen arms, whether it's through trades or the minors. It's fine, but we're good. You can't. Yeah, yeah. I really do think we're fine. Even yeah. like I, if Wise goes closer tomorrow, I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel any type of way about it. Yeah, we just gotta stay. Yeah, I mean, add a guy or two, add some innings, and we'll be fine. Right. I think the problem with the Yankees is they like acknowledge that a guy's a failed starter a little too late. Like Michael King, like they kept trying with that guy and it just wasn't working. And then they put him in the bullpen and he's 
unbelievable. Like unfreaking believable. He was unbelievable. Like not last year, but the year before that in the bullpen, if you remember. Like they moved him to the bullpen, always, completely yeah. different pitcher, completely <laughs> different. And so you have those guys that that's your that's your stable right there. And then you got the bottom three. You've got the Albert Abreu, Jimmy Cordero, Matt Crook. I'll start with Matt Crook. He's just got to be Lucas Lickie. Like, just be Lucas Lickie. Like, you don't have to be anything more. Just just be that. Because, like, as much as we weren't, like, high on Lucas Lickie and we would never, you know, think to bring him into a big spot ever, he ate up innings. Like, like there were games where I remember one game Cole got knocked out really early against Tampa Bay. I, I Maybe I'm making this up. I just remember like a, a, a Lucas Litke, like four inning long relief. And I was just like, okay, like how did that happen? Like how, how does he still go for four innings? He's not even, he hasn't even been stretched out. But the thing is that guy had just a rubber arm. He would just go out there and pitch and it, it wasn't great. You know, like is what it is. He, you just kind of just shrug your shoulders when he's pitching. Matt Crook, you know, started games for Scranton last year. You know, had like a high three ERA, was good in summer. So like he's a starter. Um, and he's been starting, but now he's our long reliever. Um Michael King's also kind of like the fangraphs list him as a setup man, but he's a long reliever, a high leverage long reliever. Jimmy Cordero, you know, a guy with no options. He's 31 years old. Pitched uh, for the White Sox, most notably in the playoffs. Uh, he pitched in that A's White Sox 2020, um, I guess, wild card round series in Oakland. He's got electric stuff. He, I mean, he's consistently 99, 98, 98, 99, 100. You know, good late break. You know, had, had some good outings in spring. Had one bad outing, but is what it is. You know, I'm looking at Fangrass right now. They're projecting him to throw 56 innings for us with a 3-6 ERA. Like if that guy's going to end up throwing 56 innings, I don't personally see that because of the two guys that we mentioned that are hurt before. Um, with Canely and uh who am I forgetting? Oh, Trevino. Uh Lou, so, yeah. I think we're probably gonna have to end up kicking him to the curb unless we have an injury, which always seems to happen. Um, and then it's Albert Abreu, like I I like yeah, yeah, his advanced stats, and I know you're not a big advanced stat guy. I'm not a big advanced stat guy, but like, I can appreciate it when someone, you know, can explain it thoroughly for someone like Luke and I. For someone like Luke and I, his he had a lot of bad luck last year. Uh, if you take all all that away, like he had like one outing where he gave up like seven runs. I remember this was in the trop. He just got tattooed. You take that outing away, and his ERA was like, I know you can't do that, but his ERA was like low three, like high two, low three. So I'm not completely out on him, but I, but I know, like, like last year when they when they kicked Marinaccio to Scranton, and then they brought in Abreu and Marinaccio's spots, and he just got just cooked. So we can't do that. He's got to go. We can't just keep kicking. Like if he's bad. See you later. He's got no options. Yeah, I I could see this being a situation. The other two guys have options, right? Crook and not not Cordero, not Cordero, not Cordero. No, not Cordero. Cordero and Brayu don't. But Crook and who's the other one? That was it. It was a Brayu Cordero. That's Crook. It. Yeah, Crook like has, I honestly Crook has three options. Okay, I think honestly that uh, Brayu and Cordero kind of sound similar in their. Yeah makeup and i think they're the tryout year i think it's them two for a spot at least out of the gate i think when the first injury comes back it's like who's been better if they've both been pretty good they'll figure it out but i think they're just giving themselves flexibility to kind of see what they have i honestly think they do think that weiser kid's pretty good too but it makes more sense to play it this way, especially early. We know they're not going to play the first game of the year with the intensity or the moves that they make as one in August when we're in a division race, stuff like that. So I think they're playing the long game with the back end of this or the front end of this bullpen. And yeah, I mean, when it gets back to full strength, when we make a trade, when we make a call up, I think it's going to be fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, the the pitching, it's all about health. And I feel like it's always, always about health. Like, you know, a guy that you could think about, like, that we could get later in the season, maybe in the bullpen, because we always like to compare this guy, or at least my, I like to compare him, Luis Hill, like Delon Batanzas. He's giving me a little Delon Batanzas vibes. You know, hasn't been as bad as Batanzas was as a starter. He was actually looked pretty good as a starter for us. Like, he'll, he, he's got be cool. crazy velocity, man. He's he got, throws he, hard. He got, and he's got swagger. Like, you could just totally yeah. see that guy out of the bullpen eventually. Like, you just got to keep a guy like that around. And, yeah, you know, he's only got one option left. So, they got to, you know, get him right and then, you know, make decisions. So, we opened talking about Volpe. I think it's time to talk about Volpe. This guy, I I don't love making the Jeter comparison. That's too hard. I like to to look at it outside of the Yankee organization, try to compare him to somebody else because then there's really no pressure to, to fulfill, no shoes to fill in New York. Um, when I look at him, he's giving me a Dustin Pedroia kind of – Dustin Pedroia is a lot smaller, maybe not a lot smaller, but smaller, but you yeah, know, very no, quick. Yeah could pop home runs. Yeah, he was playing in Fenway. He was just hitting him over the monster. You know, always hustling, just just giving it 130% at all times. I remember, like, that debate where it was, like, Yankees got rid of Cano, and, like, people were like, oh, we didn't like a Cano. Like, he wasn't hustling. We, I think Rivera, Mariano may have said this. He said he he would take uh, Pedroia any day of the week because Pedroia is always hustling and always going out there and going 130%. Volpe's giving me that, but at the same time, like the way he kind of conducts himself um, and kind of just like his swing uh, and and how he could be a leader, like David Wright, like David Wright, similar people. And the like, I don't think Volpe is as fiery as Pedroia, but I think with Volpe is like, he's going to like flip out once, like maybe not like early on in his career, but like maybe year two, year three, he's going to flip out and everyone's going to go nuts. Like when Jeter, like, got angry like it like he never really got too angry but like when you saw like a different side of him because he's just like a light-hearted you know nice kid i think it's gonna be a similar thing and i think giving him that david Wright comparison is a little more fair because you know he was the mets captain um had power great glove consistent didn't stay healthy same thing with pedroia so i'm hoping that I'm comparing Anthony Volpe to the players, the talent themselves, and not how they kind of fizzed out with their injuries. But I'm really excited, man. He's a yeah. he's a he's a really good player, and and I think yeah. they needed to call him up. They did. He's a special kid. He, I have started to. I think he likes the Jeter thing. I really do. He yeah. has such a quiet. He's not super outspoken. Carries himself the right way. But he has moxie, like he has confidence. You can tell just with little things. Yeah, he's not hesitant out there. He swings hard when he's in the field. He knows what he's doing, knows where he's going. Doesn't do the IKF thing where he runs to the bag. How many times did you it. say the IKF thing last year? I mean, that's just your thing. Because he right? has a lot of things. Yeah, IKF. But thing. no, seriously, yeah. I mean, Volpe's just concise swing, crushes the ball, can hit a lot of doubles, can hit some home runs. Gonna hit for high average, plays really good defense. And yeah, I I mean he made his number eleven. He loves the Jeter thing. I think I didn't think I thought he was quieter than he is. I think it's similar to Judge where we just assume the kid's quiet because he knows when to keep his mouth shut. But you could tell just the way he plays, how confident he is in himself. And he completely earned the job. And it would have been kind of a joke if he didn't. Yep. And I I still think Peraza's coming up soon depending on how other guys play yeah. or trades. Yep. But, no, I'm excited. It's 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 a jolt of new life for sure. This is the first one in a while. Like, when Judge was coming up, it was like a September call-up. We didn't – like, Aaron Judge is coming up. Like, this is this is Anthony Volpe. And, yeah, yeah. No, I'm very excited. Yeah, he uh, – he, like, this is – I mean, he's the youngest player to play on opening day since Jeter. Like, you're right. Like, he loved Jeter – Growing up, that was his guy. He likes the comparison. I I just think like there are going to be growing pains. You know, you're, you're playing shortstop for the New York Yankees. 
it's very hard to just you know step in and 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 be that guy. Like look at Judge. Judge came up 2016, couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. I mean, he was he was lost. And you know, Volpe is he's a lot. What we could ask from Anthony Volpe is is be that confident kid, you know, you know, be a leader in that clubhouse even at a young age, because it's it's gonna be your time, you know, eventually. But also like remember when Glaber came up, like he he hit right away. So and if that's our that Glaber and Volpe are our last like like really, really high prospects, yeah. like if 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 Volpe can kind of settle in like Glaber did. Glaber did settle in. You can't take the, that away from the guy. Like he came up in 2018 and hit 28 home runs. Like I think Volpe in a full season, he's going to hit, you know, 20 home runs. I think he's a 2020 guy at the beginning. I think he could end up being a 25, 30 guy. I'm not trying to make the expectations too high. You know, I'm, I'm going to be totally fine if, you know, he, he gets off to a little bit of a slow start because, you know, if, Connor Falef is playing like, and he and he's not playing well. It's it's just gonna make me angry. So I'd rather have you know somebody else. But it's just like if you look at the roster and you look at this lineup, and, and you want to you want to like kind of change the image. You don't want to you know get to the playoffs every October and try to rely on the home run. You need a different you know a different image. I I just said image again, but. You look at Volpe, you look at Parazzi, you look at freaking Oswaldo Cabrera. Like these guys are athletic, young, fast. Like they might not be the fastest guys on the team, or they probably are, honestly. But if they might be, not be the fastest guys in the league, but they, they're always moving, they're always hustling. We don't have that. Like Josh Donaldson, like, yeah, he's going to, you know, move down first base. Glaber doesn't hustle. Stanton is told not to hustle. Like, you know, like it just having a young core and and pairing it with like the older guys, it, it works. It's worked before in baseball. It's meant to be like that. So it, I still think you need to look at our lineup and be like, all right, like we need to add more balanced hitters. Like we've got judge, like if DJ is going to come back and, and do what he did through his first two seasons, fantastic like that that helps me think that we can win the world series like think about trevino last year he made us all forget about gary sanchez like all forget he puts the ball in play and he does it well and he hits in the clutch it's just the guys like hicks and glaber and donaldson and but like you can you can fix that and we have guys in the organization that can step in and do different things and i think that's what makes me feel so good about the yankees offensively is we've got the guys already. It's just a matter of when they're going to step in and when the Yankees are just going to be like, you know what? I'm, we're done with these guys. This Aaron judge being named the captain. He was the unofficial captain for so long, but he was always one of the younger in terms of age players on the team. I just think they called him that because he was the best player to be totally yeah. honest. And I think now he has to show that he's a true leader and he can work well with this kid. It already seems like they're boys. Yep. He was vouching for him in spring training. And I'm bringing this up because I see that and I see like a pattern where it's like now judges the guy yep. and he can be the guy and Volpe can see him on a day-to-day basis and talk him through some stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I think this is, this is where judge earns that it's not the performance it's how you lead the young kids and it's like yeah all right we've seen glaber with the mopey attitude and oswaldo's come up with the fire and so it's like okay like we've had these guys where it's like all right they we we need to see him help Volpe now in terms of like keeping him keeping spirits high it's his position it's his job to lose he's yankee state he's at yankee stadium there's gonna be a lot of that going through his head and it, a lot of it's going to rely on Judge and Rizzo and Stanton. And like you said, I think we have a good balance of the, the veterans and young guys. I think all we had was veterans the last couple of years. Now we're seeing Volpe. You mentioned him earlier, Oswaldo Cabrera may just be like a star. I don't know what he 
we said it when we saw him in the minor leagues. Like, he's just explosive. He's an explosive athlete. And if he can put it together with a swing, we know he's a great defender. But if he can just hit well, I mean, the sky's the limit for that kid. We have a lot of kids coming up. And I think now we're going to see, all right, is Glaber going to do it? Is JD going to do it? Is DJ going to stay healthy? And then reevaluate center field. Another thing, Bader's already hurt. So it's like, okay, is he going to come back or are we going to have to make another move? Or are we just going to ride it out like we did with ICAF and Volpe until the guy Dominguez is ready, which I think that's next year. But yeah, there's yeah. a lot of, there's, it's, it's, it's like the, now that we're talking about it, I can see it's like slowly like coming together. It's just a process. It's not easy to win championships in Major League Baseball. So, yeah. Oswaldo Cabrera, like, can you just be Melky Cabrera? Like, like you're a switch hitter. You can play the corner outfield. Like, be the milkman, man. Like, like that would be cool. Like, it, I just think the Yankees are so good at like getting guys where it's like they might not be top prospects, but if you you bring them in and then they can, you know, make a difference. Um, Oswaldo's cool, man. He's he's 24 years old. He's not an old rookie. You know, he's he's got years of control. He's not going he's not going anywhere. He, he's 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 here. He's here. He just needs to play every day. And I don't know if they're going to necessarily do that. And I think that's a that's a big mistake because playing Aaron Hicks over Oswaldo Cabrera is not going to get you anywhere. You want Cabrera to be settled into left field. So when we're in October and JD or whoever the heck's playing third base, they, there's a there's a, a, a pop-up and Cabrera's just running in there and just lets it fall in like he did last postseason. Like he needs to be ready for those moments. And if you play him, you know, 110 games in left field, he's gonna be more prepared. That's just how it goes. He needs to play. Okay, I think he plays a whole season. I think he can give you 240, 250. I think he could crack 18 to 20 home runs, 60 RBIs, steal 10, 15 bags. Like that's that's what you can get from a guy like that because he's athletic and he's a switch hitter. Like he also helps the lineup. He also helps split up all these righties. We still got the righties. We try to do the lefty thing. We even were blessed with Matt Carpenter last year. Still couldn't even do the lefty thing. Just can't ended up anything. falling apart. Can't didn't, have anything. They can't. can't have anything. It, it just, can't. they built the roster the wrong way to begin with. And now we're kind of seeing how this is a little shifting. But it's not really like they went out and did this. Like, these are just guys within the organization. Like, it's shifting. And that's exciting. And I could, I'm so bipolar about the Yankees. I could be throwing up my hands just you know, going on and on about how I hate this guy, hate that guy. But what you got to understand is there's a future here. And I think we're just better than a lot of other teams. Like it, like the Indians scare me, the Blue Jays, whatever, whatever. The Astros are there and they're always going to be there. So we need to build our team around really just beating them because that's, that's just, that's just the, the obstacle in the way we need to get there. So, yeah, I mean, we'll make an 09 parallel every year, but like in 09, we were ready to go when the Angels were kind of on the decline a little bit and we were the better team and we won. And we just have to hope that history kind of repeats itself. That's how kind of like water always finds its level. Like eventually think they're not going to be great forever. And we just have to hope that when they start to fall off, we're ready to go. But yeah, until Bader comes back, I think Oswaldo's playing five to six times a week. I don't see how you don't. We have Judge in the outfield. We'll probably play standing right opening day. He'll probably play the outfield two or three times a week in like the best scenario. Or like if they just got to they gotta, they gotta yeah. find a way to get all these guys in there. Like it's yeah, no, but so parts. they play stand two, three times a week. When they're not playing standing in the outfield, our other two outfielders are Hicks and Cabrera right now. Yeah. So they have to be, you know, it's one of those things there. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, mean, right. how it is. I think I want to move on to Josh Donaldson because the thing with JD is yes, he's getting paid way too much money. He just put up his worst season of his career. We all wanted to scream at him 
I mean, I was, I was, I went to Yankee games and just heckled them uh, because I had the, you know, the opportunity to made the most out of it. He, he's 37. You know, if he didn't think he had anything in the tank, I've heard this argument. If he didn't, if he thought he didn't have anything in the tank, he would have retired. Yes. Is he making $25 million this year to play baseball? Yeah. So he's not, he's not passing that up. So I don't like to hear that argument. But the thing is, you saw an adjustment. When I was little, you know, kids would waggle their bat and whatnot. And like the easiest way to help speed up your bat is to make sure that, you know, before the pitch is coming, you're ready to go. You're set. If you're moving and herky-jerky and, and everything, you're going to be late. Now, Josh Donaldson got away with it for so long because he was young, spry, strong. Was he juicing? I don't know. He was just – he was ready. He was he was so much faster. He still has that, like, tenacity. He's still very tenacious. He's He's an aggressive player, but he's just slower. So seeing him in the offseason make these adjustments where, you know, he's got the bat on his shoulder, which I don't necessarily love, uh, but he's ready He's ready to hit. He's getting his foot down early. Hicks did the same thing, but, but Donaldson is a guy where it's like he put up 800 OPS from 2013 to 2021. Like if he can just get back to – you know, 25 bombs and hit 240, 250, we would be, you know, tipping our cap, clapping. We wouldn't be, you know, thrilled. But if you look at it, like, comparatively last year, we would we would sign up for that right now, and he would be a starting player. I just hope, you know, we have that option with him, team option next year. Just, just no more. Just no more. If you get a, another good season out of him, see you later. But I still think I wanted to be confident about Joey Gallo before last year. But I really wasn't. But I feel like I've got some genuine confidence in my body with Josh Donaldson, and I don't necessarily like it. But you know, what are we gonna ask uh, for? Yeah, I'll always have some confidence in a former MVP. Yeah, especially when he's not Joey Gallo. <laughs> he won an MVP. No, I'm just saying, like oh, he geez. didn't win an MVP. Uh, yeah, no. Same with like Aaron Hicks, where it's like. The talent just He's a bust. Like, he was a good player when he was in his prime, but he wasn't great. Like he doesn't have the talent to keep it going when he's his body starts wearing down. Josh Donaldson still has that juice. He's just older and has to adjust. And I really I I'm not like confident in it, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. And hearing Aaron Boone. He got asked about who's this year's Nestor because he told Nestor he's going to be an all-star. Said J.D. I don't know who else he would have said, but. Like, what is he going to say, Glaber? I mean, he was an all-star I two mean, years ago. Maybe. Well, well why would that would have been a good. Yeah, Glaber was too good statistically, but Glaber's a whole other thing. He doesn't have the other side of it. He has. He's a good, skilled player. I think his. Anyway, we're getting off. Josh Johnson, I think, I think he could have a bounce back year, especially how bad he was last year. No, but yeah, with Glaber, I think his he started out so hot, coming up as a prospect. Maybe his skills, like his physical talents, got overstated a little bit, and I think now we're seeing the mental side break down. And to be honest, he's the one I'm least confident in. Will have a true genuine impact on winning games. Cause he did, he didn't have a bad statistical year last year. He was good for a good part of it, but it's a long season. And I don't think he's lost that youth mentality. And that's why I was talking about earlier with judge and Volpe where judge kind of has to coach him through, especially at the beginning, not to get too down. If he's doing struggling, not if he's in well, not to get too big of a head. And yeah, I don't think we can't make the same, mistakes twice within the organization with our young guys. The the thing that bothers me the most is I know that if Glaber was on a team in a smaller market, maybe the Marlins, maybe the Mar like I mean not the Marys, but like the Marlins, he'd be a 30 homer guy. And he was almost a 30 homer guy if he didn't, you know, fall off the face of the earth in in June, in July. Like he just has to be more consistently 250. 
you can't be four four hundred one one month and then hit oh sixty five the next. Like you have to be hit one for four every day. Like like please like we can't we can't have you just completely disappear for some months and then like can't worry about that when we get to the playoffs. You just need to be consistent in who you are. Like if he's going to be a 250 hitter and tw- hit 25 home runs, do that, you know, more stretched out. Like you don't have to be the best hitter in baseball for a month and then be the worst. Like, please don't do that again. He's got an extra year of control. And I keep forgetting that we can trade him. Like, I just don't really understand why we haven't yet. Like we've got other guys ready to go. I think part of it last year too is you can't have a three ten OBP. I mean, like dude, he doesn't know how to a play. Pitch. Like he doesn't know how to play. He plays like I play video games. First pitch in the zone, regardless of count, regardless of situation, anything he swings. He just, he just swings and then like he has runs no away. Plan. He just he just like he's so like he swings That's... like the game's on the line. Like every first pitch, just dude, have more of an approach. When we saw Glaber in like May of last year, and he was just hammering balls to right center field, that was an approach. Glaber had an approach, and then he got away from it and then became the worst hitter on the Yankees. Yeah. To be fair, you can't just have the approach of hit the ball the opposite way in the no, major leagues. But you can but, adjust and I don't think ones. he's capable to having like deeper approaches than that where he – I don't think he has it up there. And it's that's why we went so dead last year in the summer or whenever we did, because it was like we have guys like Glaber, we have guys like IKF, where the first pitch in the zone, they're just swinging and hitting a ground ball, hitting a pop up. And it's you can't win games that way. You can't win games that way. You have to just view, you have to look at things like that because that's that's the difference between a good team that gets swept in the ALCS versus a team that. Goes to the World Series. That's just we're going in the right direction, though. We really are. I talked myself into Clark Schmidt earlier. I I don't know why. I mean, he has the talent. He was a high, he wasn't like the highest pick, but he wasn't a bomb. He was drafted 16th overall in the first round. Yeah, that's that's not that's pretty bad. high. That's not bad. <laughs> that's a high pick. It's that's higher than Josh. really high. It's higher yeah. than Volpe. No, but okay. No, I do I do I do think we we're just so depth deep as an organization we just have to put the right pieces together yeah we do um you kind of hinted at the harrison bader injury i think he'll be more of a middle of may guy i mean he's got to get at bats in you know he had a it's not like he was at the world baseball classic but um he uh (laughs) standing at the all-star game um bader Needs more at bats. He was really good when he played this spring. Um, you know, he's obviously going to play when he comes back. I was just afraid that they were going to do this thing where they were playing Hicks out there every day. I didn't necessarily know Oswaldo Cabrera hit 350 during the spring and hit like four or five home runs and like a bunch of extra base hits. So I was thinking, like, all right, like Hicks, Hicks is going to be out there every day. And I just had a weird feeling that he was just going to hit well. And then when Bader came back, they were going to be like, uh, what do we do now? Because we got to just play Harrison Bader. We traded for him. We're paying him. The pl- they're also paying X. And then Bader was going to come in and not hit, and they were just going to go through this endless cycle. But Oswaldo Cabrera is like the break in, in this, like where it's just like he's just got to play every day, and it shouldn't be Hicks. So – they can just shift everything back down. But you trade Glaber when Bader comes back. If Cabrera's playing well, you've got Cabby in left, Bader in center, Judge in right. You've got Stanton at DH. And then you trade away a player and you could play DJ in the infield. You have all that. If you don't trade a player, it's either DJ or Glaber and they're on the bench. And I don't think you can do that. Yeah. You can't do that. We're very, I mean, we're very close to a Cabrera, Bader, Judge, Stanton, Rizzo, DJ, Volpe, Trevino, Trevino, which it's looks young. Great. And yeah. that, that having 
having that with Josh Donaldson, if he's competent as your 10th guy, can DH, can play third, that's the type of thing that we could put us in the spot where we're going to trade at the deadline, maybe mm-hmm. get the extra piece, and then we're, cl- I th- we're closer than I think even I thought. I try to be as confident as I can. That's not really who I am, but I try to. But talking about it, I I I think Yankees Twitter, Yankees podcast world or whatever is a little a little too down because it doesn't look great on the surface right now, but we're closer than a lot. A lot I just realize. don't think pe- enough people are acknowledging what we've got coming. Like yes, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. What we've got coming and who's like not gonna be like even the guys like Andres Chaparro, like this guy's in in spring training. He looks like freaking Sammy Sosa. Like, I, I don't know what's going on with him. He's, but he's not even like a top prospect, but he's a guy that like in a couple of years, if he was our starting first baseman and we don't have, you know, 30, I mean, Rizzo's 33 right now, but in two years, like 35 year old Anthony Rizzo. And we've got this, this young kid who's 25 and he's hitting bombs. Like, let's go. Like, I think, People aren't acknowledging that we've got, like, outside of our top three prospects, we've got a lot of really good, talented players. So it's just the pitching prospects. That's that's just where I'm a little – because if Nestor regresses and Cole continues to regress, and we just need to build that. That's, that's what I think you need to go into the draft the next couple of years and just draft pitching. Over You're gonna have over, to pay for a pitcher. I've said it a hundred yeah. times. We Austin can't Wells develop it. Austin Wells, oh another guy. Gosh. I didn't even. Yeah, bring up. no. He's gonna hit two eighty to three hundred in the big leagues. Write it down. Like, and a cat. He's also. He'll cat. probably be our first baseman. Probably that was what I was gonna say. He'll probably end up being yeah. our first baseman. But just Chaparro yeah. plays third base. So like, all right, let's go. Like we've got the guys. It's just the pitching. But right now, you gotta live in the moment. We've got. We've got a. Good roster, as always. You just got to play the right guys. Build this different image. We signed Franchi Cordero uh, this morning. After Estevan, Stevie, Florial. They did weird things. I don't know what was going on this morning. So Florial made the team. And luckily, Willie Calhoun took an option because... That didn't need to happen. He hit like 300 this spring. That was cool. Lefty, okay. Maybe someone down the line. We bring on Florial, who has no options. And then we sign Cordero the next day. I haven't heard anything about what they're doing with Florial. I haven't heard a word. Maybe the move is maybe the move hasn't been finalized and it's going to be like tomorrow. Maybe that's just it. But I don't know. Like the thing about DFA and Florial is he's going to get scooped immediately. Like if he, if he clears like immediately, someone's going to give him a chance. I think now you can kind of just trade him for some minor league pitcher. Just do it. Like don't even think about it or pair him with Kiner Falefa. You know, then you might get something like a little bit, like maybe you'll find like a, a fringe four or five guy in the rotation that you can eat you innings and get you to that, you know, like I said, 550, 600 ball when all these other guys come back. I think yeah, they need- right before we were talking about Franchi, I was laughing because I was like, we haven't said a word about Kiner Falefa in any role doing anything. Nothing. He has no role. Well, he, he can't nothing. do anything. He, he can't well, do anything. He He hits the ball on the ground. And he does it like over and over and over. But then like when he when he's not hitting, he's just his at bats are good morning, good afternoon, good night. And they're all out of the zone. Like he doesn't even look like he just swings. His he, only skill is being good at third base. And if you give him 500 at bats, he'll give you 260 with no OBP. That's like all that that guy brings. Here's the thing with him. Like if he ends up staying on the team, like the Yankees have had guys like Louis Soho in the nineties where early two thousands, if you remember like Louis, not if you remember, but Louis Soho in the 2000 world series hit like a nine hopper off Al Leiter, who was at 150 pitches and that won him the game. 
IKF can hit a nine hopper. Like he can be, he might not be the Yankees good luck charm as people used to call Louis Soho, but in like a pinch hit role, he's not the worst, the the worst thing, you know, you could have. Having a guy that can just put the ball in play over and over and over. Those guys never, I, I don't really think those guys ever fizz out. They might not be as important as they once were. That's just really not how the game goes and the analytics and all that. But situationally, you bring in a guy like IKF was clutch last year. You can't take that away from him. He had big hits. He just did. He maybe they're sometimes they're in the fourth inning and you didn't really see it at the end. But you know, he had that big hit off Classe off the wall, like won them the game pretty much. He's clutch and he puts the ball in play. So I don't like completely writing him off, but I think we're so thin at starting pitching right now that we could kind of use him as as a piece. I just kind of talked myself out of trading IKF because I think he could contribute off the bench and that's it. He's fast, put the ball in play. But I also think there's there's a there's a world where we also trade him. No, yeah. I I would almost rather trade Glaber than IKF. Yes. And it's not and it's not because like I think calling IKF like a clutch player is like a little much. He, has, he was he, he was clutch moments, last though. year. He was clutch last year. He's I can't go as far to say he's a clutch player. You clutch for one. Yeah, year, no, I mean he had some good moments. I mean, if you're gonna run the guy out there 150 games, you better have a couple memorable moments. To be fair, but you would he, be you would be surprised. <laughs> like I guess yeah, but he. I wouldn't. I was always comfortable with him when there were runners on base in scoring position, but not a guy on first base. Because yeah. when he has a and when he has a chance to hit into a double play, I can he, he just why, will. Why can't people just bunt? I may. Well, no, we yeah. haven't even talked about the new rules. Like, like what's gonna happen? Like, what's actually going to happen? Is is well, nothing gonna happen? Because I think we no, our he, teams no, built around guys that work fast. Like Herman. I mean, dude, that guy works no, faster yeah. than anyone in baseball. Judge Stan, they don't leave the box. Garrett Cole, if we don't give him time to think, he'll probably be better. Um, yeah, I mean, with the shift, two guys on each side, find the open hole. Like John Downton was another sneaky shift guy where hit now the that there's right like the middle. no rules, just hit it where they're like hit just it where it's crush pushed. the ball. Yeah. Just crush the ball. I I mean, we can't really – we can speculate. I don't really know for sure until it starts, but I think our pitchers are going to be fantastic with the rules. Nestor, did you see what he did he's the crazy. other day? Yeah, he's crazy. I I love it. He's awesome. He's awesome. He just brings, like, something that you never thought the Yankees were ever going to have, and that's just why he's just awesome. I'll, I'll he's always got, love that guy. If we were, like, a – if we just become, like, a great team – this year i honestly think we can like we've got like a great team this year a great team next year whatever he could have that like el duque to him Mm -hmm. where it's just like nester day in the playoffs and everyone's like oh like dude he was uh he was like yeah he had the weird start against houston he got he got tagged supposedly he was hurt but that 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 deciding tag like Sort of, not really. It was like he gave up like four runs. I, I thought we lost every game like four to zero, yeah. and it just wasn't even close. Nestor in that deciding game five, though, Luke, like he was unbelievable. Like when when we came back, remember that rain delay canceled the the fifth game. We yeah, were, we, no, he I'm was sorry. tough. I don't know if we were gonna. I don't know if we were gonna win that fifth game because Nestor wouldn't we, have been available. We wouldn't have, and they would have pitched Bieber, or they, yeah, they could have pitched Bieber, and they didn't. I don't. The next day, we get Nestor. Off, yeah, they roll out Savali. Like <laughs> that was the craziest thing I've ever. It seen. It was like they life. tried to lose, but Nestor, Nestor pitched really well, and I'll never forget no, that yeah. play where he just was on his you know what and threw out straw at first base like yeah. that, i mean yeah he's he, just you awesome. can't take that stuff i don't know get it was game four so the series was the season game. was over and yeah he two innings two hits three runs three walks i believe he was hurt if he's just walking guys that's not really him yeah. but this, i don't know 
if you're down three nothing in a playoff series, and your lineups Bader, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Glaber, Donaldson, Oswaldo, IKF, Matt Carpenter, Peraza, like it's, it was kind of dead, especially with Hurt Stanton down three zero. I like. Yeah, we got to get yeah. Labor out, man. He makes this lineup look so much worse. I want to talk about the lineup really quick. I know we're kind of going all over the place. Yeah. I think I'm kind of just looking at one right now. But if and Cabrera's not in this one, but if Cabrera's in left and Stanton's in right and DJ's DHing, it's got to be. And I would love to hit Volpe higher, but you got to bat him ninth for now. DJ. Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Glaber, Cabrera, Donaldson. You could flip Donaldson and Glaber if you want, but Cabrera's got to hit sixth. You could also hit Cabrera fifth, but I think moving him down. So LeMayu, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Glaber, Cabrera, Donaldson, Trevino, Volpe. You don't even touch it. Yeah, I mean, we... It's all about Donaldson we, and Klaver. It's flip-flopping those guys. Because, I mean, you're not going to mess do with... Need, we just need another guy. We just need another guy. We need we need a we need a left. We need Bader, we we need need Bader back, and we need one more guy that... If this team had Luis Like, Arias, on our best team, it's like Waldo's like our seven or eight. Trevino's nine, but then the top, like up that and above. If you could give me six players that are like nice and then go Waldo, Bader, catcher. Yeah. Which it feels like we're not that far away, but it's hard. I don't know. Dude, I'm going to, I may do this on every episode. I may bring up his name every episode. But you can't tell me that if Luis Arias was playing second base instead of Glaber, this team isn't like the World Series winner. Like it's Whoa, that's... it's that minuscule. All it is is just getting a. I mean, maybe not, but just getting <laughs> someone different than Glaber. Like, go get a lefty that puts the ball. Like, go get a three hundred hitter. Is that so much to ask for? I mean, I know. Like, it yeah, is. like yeah, like Fangraphs. Fangraphs. Projects our lineup. The highest average in our lineup is Judge at 279. Like, go and get a 300 hitter. Like, I'm I know it's hard, but do it. What what we, what what Luis Reyes went for Pablo Lopez and a prospect? We they wanted they wanted Glaber and more last year for Pablo Lopez. He ends up being the worst pitcher in the second half, and they flip him for Luis Arias. Come on. Uh, yeah, we need – we're we need, close, but we're not there. We need another – we need a 300 hitter. If DJ's not going to hit 300 – Even I mean, like 280 is the new 300 now. I mean, batting average no. is dead. But, Throw that out of the way. Arise is hitting 320 every year. So what does that make him? He's, a, he's like – yes. Tony Gwynn? Like he, he's, he's, a, he's a different guy, man. He also right. can't play defense, right? Whatever. That we, we're not getting Luis Arise, so it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, we do need another guy. Or two. Yeah. 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 All right. Impulse right now. ALNL MVP. I I'm just throwing this at you right now. ALNL MVP. Whoa. See, the thing about me is I pick the same players for this sort of you thing. Can't every time. You can't do Bryce yeah, Harper. You can't do Bryce Harper. Yeah, but I can't do Bryce Harper. So ALNL MVP. If you want me to go first, you can. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sure. Okay. I'm going with Vlad. Cause yeah, it's the yeah. Just think he's gonna win it. And then in the National League, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. I just see it. For yeah, for and now I'll go Trey Turner. It's a good one. It's like the Phillies are scary. The They're really like not right now. Actually, I was thinking about it. It's yeah, Trey Turner right. and Schwarber, and then who? Well, yeah, Castellanos. Yeah, he has to bounce back though. 
Um, AL, I mean, Shohei, like, I'll yeah. be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be Shohei, Judge, or Vlad, I guess. Yeah. Because Jordan yeah. can't win it, right? Because he's not a fielder. Like, can yeah, Jordan, no. will they ever give it to him? Like, probably Once. not. Once. Maybe. I mean, okay. Ryan Howard won it. Like, I know he was a first baseman. I mean, Big Poppy won it, I think. I think. I don't know. What do I know? But I don't David know. Ortiz was like Jesus, though, sometimes. Yeah. Like, he had those years. It, I honestly. They're the it, same player. I've said it since Jordan came in the league. They're the same player. I'm sorry. It it blows my Like, I saw a TikTok today about A-Rod. Mm. And it had been so long since I comprehended how just actually so good he was. Like, he hit 30 and 100 for, like, 10 years in a row. That's, like, the craziest thing I've ever heard. He's my favorite, man. I don't I don't care. I wish he was cooler. He's such a nerd. He did sue the Yankees. So, like, kind of have to oh, factor that in. Well, I mean, that's nah. pretty, that's pretty, like, you're suing the Yankees. If Aaron Judge won us a ring and then sued us, I would not care. Yeah, but why would he sue you? Who I mean, cares? he was suing the Yankees about, you know, like his wrongdoing. Yeah, I mean, he's I it's a double fault. I'm sorry. But that's – I still like A-Rod. All right, we're playing <laughs> opening days tomorrow. You're going to be listening – if anyone's listening, you're going to be listening on opening day. We've got Garrett Cole on the bump, and we're going against the San Francisco Giants who might not break 73 wins. I mean, this team is horrible. Like, this team is – they've got Mitch Hanniger. Okay, they might have, like, three players that, like, might kick our rear end. I'm looking at it. This is bad. Mitch Hanniger is a 368 hitter against the Yankees. Brandon Crawford is hitting 320 ABs. Uh, They've got Austin Slater, who's hitting 600 They've they've got the weird players, but this team stinks. I'm sorry, like Mike no, yeah. has the the uh, the the Giants Dodgers game we went to last summer was depressing. Yeah, no, they, they had nothing. They nothing. They had nothing. Nothing. And that was did did they just lose somebody? No, they just have nothing. They they their they hopes were Trey Turner, Aaron Judge, and all the above, and they got Michael Conforto and Mitch Haniger. Yeah, I still kind of wish we had Michael Conforto if he could play like. That means Noah's wall. I guess left field. Yeah, true. Well, no, we would figure it out. No, you're right. You're right. Conforto, Crawford, J.D. Davis, Tyro Estrada, Wilmer Flores, Mitch Hanniger. This is going to be a frustrating game to watch. This is going to be a. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be. Someone's going to hit like a a home run off Cole in like the sixth inning. And it's going to be. It's going to be the end of the line. It's going to be someone that we just don't like. Like. Like, yeah, I mean, oh my Jock. God, gonna lose. Yeah. Jock's cool. I, he's another one. Do we even have a game two? I guess it's Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt for game two against. No. So game two is Saturday. Yeah. So it's Schmidt Cobb on Fox at four. Oh, why? That <laughs> they probably thought happen. Judge was going to San Francisco and they just took a gamble on it. Or oh. uh, Correa. <laughs> they, they, or oh, my God. That was Correa. They had Correa. They didn't have Correa. Oh, and then game three, Stripling versus Herman. So may not watch. No, okay. <laughs> that's a tough game I mean, three. Yeah. Uh, that's that's oh. like a uh, that's a peacock game if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. Take two out of three. Get off to a good start. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Rizzo, Stanton, Judge go deep. Let's see. DJ, couple hits. Donaldson, couple hits. I want to see. Dude, if Donaldson goes like three for four on opening day, I'm just gonna like he's it. back. Yeah, he's fully. I'm back. just gonna start saying things that I probably shouldn't say. Yeah, agreed. That's that's baseball. So, well, it was great talking to you guys. Uh, you know, we haven't had an episode in a while, but it wasn't really too much to talk about. That's what Luke and I always say because that's just you know how we look at things. But we're here. We said our piece. Now it's time for you guys to listen uh, for the third season of the Monument Park Podcast. Luke, anything else? No, I'm all good for now. We got to see what happens. That's right. 
All right. Thanks, y'all, for listening and watching. Links in the description. We'll see you soon. Peace. Thank you.